ಜನ್ಮಾದ್ಯಸ್ಯತೋನ್ವಯಾತರತಶ್ಚಾಥೇಷು ಅಭಿಜ್ಞಸ್ವರಾ ತೇನೇ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಹೃದಯ ಆಕವೇ ಮುಹ್ಯಂತಿ ಯತ್ಸೂರಯ ತೇಜೋ ವಾರಿ ಮೃದಾಮಯೋ ಯತ್ರಗೋ ಮೃಷಾ ಧಾಮ್ನಾಸ್ವೇನ ಸದಾ ನಿರಸ್ತಕುಹಕಂ ಸತ್ಯಂ ಪರಂ ಧೀಮಹಿ ನಿಗಮಕಲ್ಪತರೋದಲಿತ ಫಲಂ ಶುಕಮುಖಾದೃತದ್ರವಸಂಯುತ ಪಿಬತ ಭಾಗವತ ರಸಂ ಆಲಯ ಮುಹುರಹೋ ರಸಿಕಾ ಭುವಿ ಭಾವುಕಾ ನಾರಾಯಣ ನಮಸ್ಕೃತ್ಯ ನರಂಚೈವರೋತ್ತಮ ದೇವೀಂ ಸರಸ್ವತೀಂ ವ್ಯಾಸಂ ತೋ ಜಯಂ ಉದೀರೇ ವಿ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸೆಂಡೆಂಟ್ ರಿಯಾಲಿಟಿ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಹೋಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸ್ ಸ್ಪ್ರಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಅಪ್ ಇನ್ ಹೋಮ್ ಇಟ್ ಅಬೈಡ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಹೋಮ್ ಇಟ್ ರಿಟರ್ನ್ಸ್ ಹಿ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇಫಲ್ಜೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ಹಿಮ್ ದ ತ್ರೀಫೋಲ್ಡ್ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಷನ್ ಅಪಿಯರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಸ್ ರಿಯಲ್ ಈವನ್ ದೋ ಅನ್ರಿಯಲ್ just as the sun's rays are mistaken for water in a mirage this shrimad bhagavatam expounds on the supreme reality that is free from all forms of self deception including the desire for liberation it bestows supreme bliss and removes the threefold agony o devotees possessing a taste for the divine joy Srimad Bhagavatam is the fruit of the wish-yielding tree of the Vedas dropped on earth from the sage Shuka and is full of the nectar of supreme bliss. Go on drinking again and again. So we are continuing with uh, Canto 10 and we are we just saw the govardhan episode yesterday which is a very famous episode and which is uh, even now celebrated in around in and around rindavan and in fact govardhan dhari is a very popular name of krishna one of the most common names used in any song of krishna refers to him lifting the mountain govardhan there is a very famous bhajan which is sung in many places it says uh, yamuna tira vihari vrindavana sanchari govardhana giridhari gopala krishna murari that's a very common refrain or there is another refrain which also says uh, refers to giridhari so giridhar are these names of krishna as giridhar govardhan dhari all refer to this episode of him uh, affording protection through giving the cavity underneath the mountain uh, as a refuge for everyone tormented by indra and we saw the symbolism behind all of that so now we move to the what is considered the climax of the whole episode of krishna in vrindavan which is what is called as the ras leela this is the highest expression of divine love between the gopis and krishna it's uh, the most celebrated form of what's called as madhurya rasa the love of the beloved which is the highest form of love in in devotion so that is 
we saw a prelude to it when we saw the episode of the gopis taking a sacred vow <clears throat> to marry krishna so they take a one month vow praying to the mother katyayani and the temple of katyayani is still there in vrindavan and it's a very common tradition to pray to mother parvati to for women to get the right husband and so in the same tradition gopis they prayed to krishna sorry they prayed to katyayani to have krishna has their husband and the gopis of vrindavan some of them were even we will see this in this episode that many of these women were young women who were not married and who wanted to be married to krishna and there were many other women who were married who had families and yet they were drawn to krishna like iron to magnet and we will see such women too so essentially it it shows that the the power of devotion which breaks all bonds and takes one we have seen examples like that in the more recent um past relatively speaking like meera who was also someone who was married and who had was constrained by her family but she she left all that in her love for krishna uh, so that feeling is also expressed by the gopis so anyway so what we saw there in that episode of the gopis um praying is krishna appears to them he first takes away their garments and tests their complete surrender and he then tells them that you are full of total devotion and love of the kind never seen anywhere and you will be completely rewarded in the night of autumn and that autumn night comes now and so shuka describes finding that night adorned with full blown jasmines krishna too made up his mind to play and presently there appeared the full moon painting the face of the orient with a red hue beholding the moon which shone like the face of goddess lakshmi krishna struck a melodious note on his flute that enraptured the mind of all the gopis hearing that music kindling love in the hearts the women of rija whose mind had already been captivated by krishna sallied forth from all sides drawn to the note of the flute to the spot where the beloved one was so hurriedly that their endeavor to reach him could not be perceived by anyone else this whole movement of the gopis to run to krishna symbolizes the the love of any sadhaka any devotee and all the bonds that try to hold us back and how and devotion and love becomes overpowering which is uh, and symbolized by grace which is the flute of krishna playing then it has the power to draw and break free of all other constraints so this whole episode is beautiful in that it is 
literally has a very literal beauty to it and also has a very symbolic beauty to it but let's just read this further this this the way shuka describes it in a very poetic way full of intense longing some gopis who were milking their cows darted off leaving the vessel uncared for while others left as soon as they had placed the milk on the oven without waiting for it to be boiled and still others went out without removing the cooking porridge from the hearth some who were serving food went away neglecting even that duty others who were feeding their infants gave up and ran still others who were waiting upon their husbands turned their back on them and departed while some who were eating food bolted away leaving their meal others who were decorating themselves left with that work half finished still others sought the presence of krishna with their garments and jewels wrongly placed though being stopped by their husbands parents brothers or other relations they did not turn back homeward as they were completely in love of krishna their mind having been lured away by him some cowherd women who were inside their house and could not find their way fixed their mind on krishna seized as they were with, a, with an intense longing to meet him all their sins having been burned up by the intense agony of separation from krishna and their entire stock of merit depleted through ecstatic joy proceeding from the loving embrace of the immortal lord in contemplation the cowherd women whose shackles of karma were thus completely burned cast off their material body united as they were with krishna in thought so the women who were able to go they were they all ran it says and it describes very uh, vividly how each woman was engaged in some domestic activity and all of these are representative of various things we are caught in and they left all of it the because this is this happens anyway at one point for everyone when death comes no matter what happens everything is left and it takes away so but before death if one is able to die to the ego then that death is uh, as there is a even a either a zen or a sufi saying it says to die before you die is to live forever so anyway all of this that is described here it literally happens at death uh, no matter what attachment one has what duties one has all of them are death doesn't wait for all that but if one is able to die before that in this divine love then it has the same effect and so that's what is described how each woman neglected whatever she was doing because this call was so uh supreme and overriding everything else and then there are some women who couldn't go due to whatever constraints and their love was so intense that in that very love 
says they cast off their body. So Parikshit asks a doubt, uh, which many may have. He said, the gopis knew Krishna to be no more than their darling and, and did not recognize him as the supreme Brahman. How was the cessation of the stream of mundane existence possible in the case of these gopis? And Shuka replies, he says, this has been explained even in the case of Sishupal, who, though hating Krishna, attained final beatitude. What wonder then that the gopis who looked upon Krishna as their beloved should do so? The manifestation of the Lord, who is free from decay and cannot be cognized through the intellect, who is beyond the gunas, is intended only for bestowing the boon of final beatitude. Indeed, they who constantly cherish any intense feeling toward him, whether it be even fear or anger, and of course devotion toward Sri Hari, attain oneness with him. So this is where we saw the example of Sishupal, who intensely hated Krishna every moment, and because of that he attained oneness. And similarly, we will see Kamsa getting the same uh, destiny. But here the gopis are full of love. Hence, no feeling of wonder should be entertained by you as you do with regard to Krishna, by whose grace this creation, the whole of this creation can be liberated. Finding the aforesaid women of Rija arrived in his presence, Krishna addressed them as follows. So now Krishna talks to them and again he will, he tests them. So Bhagavan says, Welcome is your presence, O highly blessed ones. Please reveal to me the motive of your visit to this place. So he is in the forest. It's a full moon night and he is playing the flute and the gopis are all drawn to him as we saw running and they have all come to his presence. Now he speaks calmly and he says, Tell me the motive of your visit to this place. Frightful in aspect is this night. Therefore, you should return to Vrija and not stay here. Not finding you, your mothers and fathers, brothers and husbands must be looking for you. Do not cause anxiety to them. The blossoming forest illumined with the rays of the full moon has been seen by you. Therefore, return to Vrija and serve your families. Or, maybe you've come because your mind is bound by ties of attachment to me, which is proper for you, as all creatures find delight in me. But, family should not be abandoned by women, and therefore, you return home. So, when Krishna says this, that they have come in the middle of the night, he is playing the flute, and he tests them by saying, go back to your home because it's the night and you should be in, you, you, you ought not to be here. And hearing the speech of Krishna, which was unpleasant for the gopis, they felt despondent and were plunged into deep anxiety, casting down their face and filled with fears. They addressed him as follows. Gopis say, O Krishna, you ought not to speak so cruelly to us. 
kindly taken your service us that have sought the souls of your feet renouncing everything else as it has been observed by you that the natural duty of women is to render service to their husband and children o beloved one let such service be done to you the central theme of all teachings for you are the most beloved friend and family and the very self of all embodied beings so that the service rendered to you will be for the gratification of all even in, even as the watering of the roots of a tree nourishes the entire tree those well versed in the sacred lore find delight in you alone that eternally beloved self what purpose could be gained through husband children and others who are only sources of agony therefore be gracious to us do not frustrate our hopes centered in you our mind which found delight in home before has been lured away by you and our hands that were engaged in household duties have been robbed of their capacity for work our feet do not recede even a step from the soles of your feet how then can we return to vraja or even manage to go there even if we manage to go there what useful work shall we do there when our mind and all internal organs have ceased functioning altogether quench with the flood of nectar flowing from your lips by your smiles glances and music if not on our bodies being consumed by the fire of separation we shall attain to the presence of your feet by giving up the body from the time we touched at some unknown spot the soles of your lotus feet we are not able to stand before anyone else therefore be propitious to us suffering since we have sought the soles of your feet quitting our homes with the sole intention of waiting upon you grant us the privilege of serving you whose mind is tormented with intense longing awakened by your grace beholding your countenance with curly looks and full of nectar and characterized by smiles and gazing on you who has vouchsafed protection to us we want to be simply your servants bewitched by your music characterized by the rise and fall of voice and melody and having gazed even once on your form what woman in the three worlds would not deviate from the conduct of virtuous women you have been particularly born as the dispeller of fears and distress of rija therefore place your lotus hand on us This is so beautifully expressed by the gopis the intensity of love that makes them 
one point Shuka went on, smiling at hearing what the gopis said, Krishna proceeded to delight them out of compassion. Surrounded by them, Krishna of noble deeds shone brightly like the full moon in the middle of stars. Being praised in song by the gopis and singing songs himself, Krishna sauntered about grazing the forest with his presence. Arriving in company with the gopis on the bank of the river Yamuna, covered with sands rendered cool by a breeze, the Lord sported with the gopis there, inflaming the love of the gopis. Through his gestures, Krishna brought delight to them. Having thus received loving attention, from the lofty-minded Lord Sri Krishna, the gopis grew proud and thought themselves superior to all women on earth. Perceiving their vanity at that instant, Krishna disappeared on that very spot with a view to curbing their pride once and for all in order to shower his grace on them. So this, after this testing of asking them to go back and when they express their complete one-pointed love, then Krishna takes them along and he plays with them on the banks of the river. And at that point, there is a feeling of the last sense of pride that comes in the gopis, that we are special because we are now playing with Krishna and when that pride is seen, in them, Krishna immediately disappears from their view. So this, then the next, so then we will continue with this, uh, how the gopis are now in, in the, the last step of this intense longing because they have actually tasted something and now it is out of their grasp. And they are now realizing that the, the intensity of what they are missing is even higher. And so all of this again symbolizes every devotee or seeker's journey because if we are, there are many times when one gets a glimpse in one's meditation or one's journey and that glimpse, if one holds on to it, it creates a sense of pride about it or a sense of attachment to that experience. And that alone acts as an obstacle because if why, if there is a glimpse one gets of a, of a total sense of bliss uh, or state of samadhi, and that state is captured by memory and it wants to repeat it, then that very desire to get that state back or that the feeling that I have God that experience acts as the last obstacle. That's what this symbolizes, where the gopis have tasted Krishna's presence intimately, which is this state of samadhi, pure awareness. And because pride rises after having tasted that momentarily, it slips away. And, when, and that's what it symbolizes by Krishna disappearing.
And when Krishna disappears like that, the Lord having disappeared all of a sudden, the women of Vrija felt agonized not to see him. With their mind captivated by, his, by the gate loving smiles and glances of Krishna, the young women getting identified with him imitated his various pastimes. Imitating the dalliances and movements of Krishna, who were his darlings, they said to one another, Indeed, I am Krishna, loudly singing his praises in a chorus while going from forest to forest. They searched for him alone as though they were mad, and they inquired of trees and creepers about Krishna. So they go around this forest asking every tree. There are, there's a description of so many trees of Vrindavan, like Ashwatta and Jambu, Ashoka. Many tree names are given, Punnaga. These are all beautiful trees. And uh, so they go around asking each tree, O oh tree, have you seen Krishna's sidelong glances? Have you seen him walking this way? And have you seen him, have you heard him play the music as he walked by you? And so on. So they are asking every tree, every creeper, every bush, out of this intense separation of wanting to again attain that union with Krishna. Thus raving like madmen, the cowherd women were completely identified with him and imitated the various pastimes of Krishna. So they started imitating every single pastime of Krishna among themselves. So one gopi acted like Putana and the other gopi acted like she was slaying him, slaying her rather Putana by taking the poison out of her and the life out of her. One played the role of Trinavrata. Two of the gopis played the role of Krishna and Balaram, while some behaved like the cowherd boys, calling to the cows that had gone far away. Like Krishna, a certain gopi behaved like him, playing on the flute, while others applauded her. With her mind absorbed in him, another gopi walked to and fro, resting her arm on another friend as Krishna would do gracefully. Treading on another's head and standing on her, another gopi said, O vile, go, o vile snake, Kaliya, go away. So they enacted the pastime of Krishna dancing on top of the snake Kaliya. So they actually, in this segment, they enact every single pastime that Krishna has done, right from a small baby, sucking the life of Putana to slaying Trinavrata to playing the flute to dancing on top of the snake Kaliya to lifting Govardhan. So they enact every single pastime among them tied to another gopi that had been seated in such a way to pass for a mortar. One delicate lady with lovely eyes covered her face and put a show of fear. So they enacted the pastime of Damodar Leela where one gopi acts like Yashoda and the other gopi acts like Krishna out of, you know, with fear for her mother, for his mother that is. So like this, thus imitating the pastimes of Krishna and inquiring of creepers and trees of Vrindavan, the cowherd women noticed in a certain part the footprints of the Lord. Surely these are the footprints of the high-souled darling of Nanda. Tracking this path with the help of those footprints, the, the women felt sore at heart. Whose footprints can this be? 
and then they find it's another mysterious thing in in bhagavatam is that shuka does not mention the name of any gopi including the name of radha and that is a very mysterious thing because the general many have observed that radha's love for krishna is so pure that shuka could not bring himself to even say the name of radha and but there is a reference to a lady one per special lady here which would be radha because krishna here it says these gopis find one lady whose footprints is also there along with krishna so they are asking now who is she that has gone in the company of krishna with his forearm placed on her shoulder the lord has surely been propitiated by this lady krishna has been pleased to take her apart blessed are the particles of dust under the feet of govinda that drive away the agony of separation those footprints of that lady who having stolen away krishna enjoys him alone in secret all our common property so they say krishna is our common property but krishna has taken one gopi alone and they see that on the basis of the footprints proceeding further the gopis remark her footprints are not to be noticed any more surely the darling has lifted up his lady love whose delicate souls were being pricked with blades of grass o cowherd women behold these footprints sunk deeper into the soil because he was weighed down by the heavy load of carrying her so like this they are beautifully tracing his footprints and they notice that one gopi alone was taken it never mentions the name and one can only surmise but like this they are it's a very beautiful vivid poetic description of the highest expression of love where they find that this one gopi is being taken by krishna and all the other gopis are meanwhile because of the momentary rising of pride they lost sight of him he vanished from their sight and they are looking for him everywhere and they find this footprints and then proceeding further they said so they are tracing this movement of krishna through his footprints and then showing to one another the cowherd women wandered in a bewildered state and then it says that krishna again in the company of the cowherd women in her company the cowherd women penetrated the forest so long as the moonlight was visible so here what it says is after some time when this they meet that gopi so it doesn't mention the name again this gopi who is the special chosen gopi who could be radha but shuka never says that and she comes and says that i was with him and i was he was carrying me and i after some time he vanished from my side too and she says she was asking again where are you where are you and even she couldn't find him and then 
these cowherd women meet her. So in her company, the cowherd women penetrated the forest so long as the moonlight was visible and coming back to the sandy bank of Kalindi and seized with a longing for him, they sang of Krishna in a chorus. So this is uh, the episode of how momentarily they, because of pride, he vanished from their sight and now they are in this highly intense separation and this one special gopi who was taken by Krishna also is now not seeing him and the other gopis have found her and now they are all singing together and this song of gopis is a very beautiful song uh, it's a the first line it's in sanskrit it goes like this jayati pedikam janmana vraja shayata indira shashvadatrahi the beauty of this song, on a side note, is that this is the exact same meter that Ramana Maharishi used for Upadesha Sara. This meter never comes and go in Bhagavatam till now. It's the first time this meter is employed for the song of the gopis and that's the same meter. Karturagnyaya pratyate palam karma kimparam karma tajjadam That same meter is employed by the gopis. And it's a long song, but the translation is Gopi Singh, Vraja shines all the more brightly by your descent. Is it, is it no torture here on your part, O Krishna, who, kill, who are killing us by your eyes that steal the splendor of the interior of a fully blown lotus? We have been saved by you time and again from death through poisonous water, from the clutches of a demon, from showers and so on. Surely you are no mere son of a cowherd woman, Eshoda, being the witness of all internal senses. Place on our head your lotus-like form that has vouchsafed protection to those who have sought your feet from the fear of transmigration. O alleviator of suffering, whose very smile crushes the pride, accept our service. Set on our bosom your lotus feet, which dissipate the sins of all embodied beings. Pray, revive with the nectar of your lips the, our, all, all the women here who are ready to do your bidding and who are getting charmed by your melodious speech. Blessed are those men who extensively recite on earth your nectar-like story which is life-giving to the afflicted, has been celebrated by the wise and eradicates all impurities. Your hearty laughter, loving glances are happy to contemplate on. Our mind grows uneasy to think that your feet is getting pricked with spikes of corn and thorn in the forests of Rija. You kindle love in our heart again and again as you reveal yourself and the close of the day, wearing a countenance with dark curly looks. So they go on like this in a very beautiful, it's the whole prayer in Sanskrit is the whole, the entire song is in the same meter, the same meter as Upadesha Sara, and it 
those who can sing actually sing it well uh, and it's very nice and this is the translation of that your manifestation has put an end to the sorrows of the inhabitants of Prija as well as the denizens of the forest please administer to us a little of the remedy in the form of your company you traverse the forest on those tender lotus like feet we have gently and timidly set on ourselves are they not pained by coming in contact with gravel etc the mind of us whose life is centered in you rests at the very thought of it so like this they pray with such intensity and love ramakrishna used to always say that if one prays for god like one uh wants air when drowning in water as one thirsts for air while being submerged in water with that with that intensity if one is able to love god then god cannot hide himself or which is to say our own being he direct experience of our atman cannot be hidden by any other vasanas or any other mental activities so that's that that intensity is what is expressed symbolically by the gopis through this external display of devotion of course external display of devotion also is literally of the of the capability of removing all impurities but it also symbolizes the internal devotion of any seeker who can bring this level of intensity to his sadhana and therefore they say that our mind is centered only in you and revels only at the thought of it so they sing this gopi song and then finally krishna reveals himself thus singing at the pitch of their voice and raving in various ways the cowherd women loudly wailed in that in their very midst appeared all of a sudden krishna in a yellow silk and adorned with a garland so now he finally appears after their pride has been completely taken out and they are in this intense feeling of separation alone now he finally appears completely which is which is which can be again symbolized as the full awakening of one's self and beholding krishna their most beloved lord come back all the women sprang on their feet all at once their eyes wide open with joy even as the limbs of a body would on finding the life breath return one of them clasped the lotus like hands while another placed on her shoulder his arms a certain gopi took his palms in her palms so everyone was surrounding him and they were they could not now they had no pride anymore of being with krishna but they were only in this pure complete state of love and surrender to just be in his presence and a certain a, a, a certain gopi ushered him into his heart enraptured with the grand feast provided by the sight of krishna they all shared the agony caused by separation from him surrounded by these women 
Krishna shone brightly like the Supreme Spirit endowed with all potencies. Taking them with him, the Almighty Lord repaired to the delightful bank of Kalindi, which was swarmed with black bees, where the darkness of the night had been dispelled by the flood rays of the autumn moon and on which soft sands had been spread. The gopis whose heartache caused by their separation had been dissipated by the joy flowing from his sight, attained the end of their desire. Seated there and honored by them, the Almighty Lord who stands enthroned in the heart of the masters of yoga, shone in the midst of the bevy of gopis, greeting Krishna with their eyebrows, whose grace was heightened by their glances and warmly praising him, they spoke as follows. They said, they asked Krishna, some love in return those who love them, while others just do the reverse of it. Still others do not love either. Kindly explain this to us. And Krishna tells them, they who love one another for mutual benefit really love only their own self and none other, for their endeavor is actuated by self-interest. Neither goodwill nor virtue plays any part there, for such love has a selfish motive and nothing else. So those who love another simply for mutual benefit, that's what Krishna tells about. Whereas those who actually love those who do not love them are truly compassionate. There is blameless virtue and goodwill operating there. And then he says, I do not come under any category, being supremely compassionate to all. And I do not visibly re reciprocate the love and remain out of sight of even those individuals who love me in order that they could ever think of me every moment. Indeed, in order to ensure your constant devotion to me, I remained out of sight for some time, though loving you invisibly. You who have for my sake ignored all worldly decorum and deserted your own people. Therefore, O beloved ones, I cannot even through the long life of a million years repay my obligation to you. So finally Krishna reveals, after testing them all this time, now he says, how great is the devotion of the gopis. He says, I cannot even through the long life of a million years repay my obligation to you whose connection with me is absolutely free from blemish and who have fixed your mind on me, completely cutting the fetters that bound you to your home. Therefore, let your services be repaid by your own goodness.